0: Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration, and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: Hello, all, and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. Now, listen up. If you've not yet checked out our new premium membership offering, well, you should. For just $99, you get access to our full video course with over 80 solo-specific modules and worksheets. You get entry to our Member Lounge, an exclusive business development Facebook group, and you'll get a heap of other promotional and business-building benefits, including... A one-on-one chat with me if you can bear the thought so for just $99 it really is a steal head to our join page to find out more now look talking of members one of our wonderful members is joining us today his name is Ian Aldridge he's the founder of progressive legal a law firm aimed fairly and squarely at soloists and entrepreneurs and I'm really happy to have him here. So, Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Robert. Really, really great to be here. Good. Well, look, the first thing is, you know, this is a kind of different sort of law firm. I mean, I, you know, when I think of law firms, I think of mahogany tables, you know, cut glasses, cut glass, glasses and things all around the place and receptionists. And But, you know, here's a single guy kind of down at the beach, got a few people working with you. That's pretty good, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we don't have any leather-bound books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and
1: just to be clear, so this is, you know, this is free, right? I've got you here as a guest. Just, <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> okay, well, look, it's, you know, let's let's kind of get into this, the, the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is um, this whole notion of when as a, as a sole trader or when as a small business that we need to think about incorporating. Now, typically, You know this is the kind of conversation that I would expect we would have with an accountant but what you're saying is actually now hang on a minute there's a real legal perspective here so perhaps you could uh, explain what you mean by that
2: yeah I mean first of all just the the first comment that you made is a really interesting point you know a lot of people don't um, you know realize when they're talking to lawyers whether or not they're on the clock
0: Mm. and this
2: is what this is one of the real banes of the legal profession and something that I think um, law has done traditionally very poorly over the last 200 years. Right. Um, you know, the disclosure of costs, the the issue of cost is just such a big, um, mm. big factor. And, you know, most people, most small businesses don't get legal advice for a number of reasons. W- number one, hands down, is cost all the time. You know, um, don't know, bill shock, yeah. um, hourly rates, um, et cetera, et cetera. And every time they talk to a lawyer, it's at least, you know 500 bucks or a th- or or it's got three zeros.
1: Well I I think you know just to pick you up there I think you're you're right it that's certainly the concern so I guess that's probably what you know stops so many of us in in even having that preliminary conversation but that's just crazy isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Um, we couldn't we couldn't agree more. Um, and, and and unfortunately what has been drummed into lawyers over the last you know um couple of centuries is that their time is money mm. um and they're working on hourly rates and six minute units and, and and all and the like um and if they don't spend time you know getting to know their clients and not doing what's called billable work um you know they get chastised for it so mm. i think there's a fundamental shift that is that is happening although it's very slow in the in the legal profession and not fast enough in our view Um, to change the way that legal services are provided to small businesses in Australia, where, you know, a law firm actually gets to know a business um, and the business owner and their, and and their goals Mm. to be able to provide them with the proper advice and not, not just sporadic or once off um, advice from time to time and don't, and don't really get to know a business well enough to provide really good advice and timely advice?
1: Yeah, well, sure. And look, and it's, you know, I, I guess just, you know, listening to to what you're saying, it's really no surprise that that so many small businesses um, are probably missing uh, things that they should be paying some attention to from a legal perspective because of all this kind of history that you've spoken about. And, you know, one of those and the topic that we'll talk about today you know, is this whole sort of notion of when should I incorporate? Now, I say typically, um, you know, I would never have thought of having that sort of conversation (coughs) from a legal perspective. I always think, oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, when you get to a certain level of turnover, or when this happens, or when that happens, you know, you need to think about it. But this is one of those situations where you're saying, no, hang on a minute, you need to consider the legal aspect. So, why don't we di- kind of dive into that and then you know i'm sure on the way through people get a good idea of 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 your approach to small business and and how it is different so what what you know how how should we open this what you know this whole this whole issue of um you know being incorporated what's what's your position on this
2: yeah i mean i i think it's really important that um and you know a, a small business gets structural advice right from the start or at certain points in their business, um, when it's a good time to get this advice about, you know, the structure of the business or whether they should incorporate to a proprietary limited, yeah. in conjunction with a financial advisor and a legal advisor, okay. and having and having a lawyer and accountant that can agree and get along is an extremely um, <laughs> <laughs> beneficial um, thing as a business owner. One of the thing, one of you know, every accountant's got this sort of magic number, either it's a a level of turnover that the business has. Or it's a level of, um, you, know, after, you know, after tax profit that the business owner should be taking home before they obtain the benefits of the financial side of, you know, the tax benefits that, that come with having an incorporated entity. Yeah. But what most accountants don't say is, but having said that, make sure you talk to a lawyer, and, you know, if you're doing something that's risky, you might want to incorporate sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Our first question that we ask clients is, "Have you got a good accountant?" But a lot of account, a lot of accountants don't say to their clients, "You know, you really need some legal advice about whether what you're doing might require, from a legal perspective, um, you know, to incorporate or put a structure in place that differentiates the business owner from the business and yeah. has se- separate legal entities." Okay,
1: so again and again, I guess part of that, the reason that maybe. Our financial kind of supporters don't necessarily say, hey, you should be speaking to a lawyer, is because of this kind of 200 years of history. So hopefully, you know, this, you know your industry clearly is one that's going through, as so many of, of our businesses are, through a great deal of change. And in, in this instance, I think the outcome here can be very positive for us at the you know the small end of town but so what you you mentioned the word risky there so you said something to the effect that you know if you're doing something risky perhaps we better define that because you're not talking yeah, about you know <laughs> absolutely. driving without your hands on the steering wheel you're talking about you know different things so perhaps you might you know define that a little for us
2: yeah i mean i think ultimately business by definition is 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 risky you know there's um, that that's just part and parcel of, of the position so and some people are more risk-averse than others most um, entrepreneurs and, and business owners tend to be fairly risk-seeking risk, mm. risk seeking. Um, so they'll they'll usually um, try and fly by the seat of their pants a little bit um, and do the she'll be right and, and, and do it later mm. if you're providing business to business services that's something which I think, um, you know, you really should be incorporating sooner rather than later because the financial, the consequences of what you do are quite significant. You know, if you're just selling, you know, if you're just selling board games, um, perhaps you might think unless, you know, kids can swallow the, the, the toys on the, you know, the the pieces on the board, um, you know, then, then I wouldn't be, you know, too keen to incorporate straight away. Just on the face of it, um, but if you're selling baby products, for instance, there is no way that I would let that I, you know, that I would let you operate as a sole trader, simply because the the, the risks are so dire. If something goes wrong, um, we're talking, you know, business-ending stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what what you're I mean, not wishing to to frighten all our listeners too much, but the I guess the challenge then is for is for all of us in our businesses just to kind of pause for a bit and go, okay, what could go wrong with the service or the product that i'm offering and it's just being being really clear because i guess you know as you said at the at the uh, you know at the outset there that um, a number of, of startups particularly perhaps you know younger entrepreneurs are doing a lot of the seat of the pants stuff but what we still need to do is to sit down and go okay what could go wrong what could kind of you know where could a mishap occur now does that sort of thing is that a discussion that we can kind of have amongst ourselves, i.e., you know, a, a business owner doing it with a with a friend or colleague or something, or is that a conversation that we need to have with someone like you?
2: I mean, I, I, I think you need to have the conversation um, with as many you know sort of advisors that you have with a with your coach um, or a mentor or your financial advisor or your legal advisor or colleagues friends in the industry mainly looking at like the big ticket items you know if you kind of sort of think okay what's the kind of worst case scenario and you know plan for the worst and hope for the best um and think okay these are the really big ticket items and am i willing to take that risk if me you know if you as a sole sole trader mm. were, were to be sued um you know then are you able to are you able to deal with that type of episode um, from a financial perspective, and for for most small business owners, you know the, the threat of bankruptcy is very real, and we've we've advised many people through it. Um, some that are sole traders, and some that are that have you know incorporated entities, and the position is far greater if you've got an incorporated entity. And I don't mean to I don't mean to scare. This is not a scaremongering conversation. It's just a very real conversation that we have, you know, with businesses that do face this risk. So it's all about. What we do is risk um, risk management. That's all we really do. Yeah, exactly. it's about ameliorating your risk, you know, having the right structure in place, having the right tailored terms and conditions that cover you for as much as you can legally, um, you know, distance yourself from as a, as a business, um, have the appropriate disclaimers and waivers in place, the terms and conditions that say we are responsible for this, this and this. We are not responsible for this, this and this. Mm. Um, and then business insurance to top that up after that. So to basically put as much protection in place for a small business owner as possible so that if things do go wrong, if the worst case scenario does happen, then there are adequate protections in place. And, and I think whereas, you know, quite a while ago people were thinking, oh, doing to incorporate is actually quite a, an expensive exercise, that, those costs have actually decreased um, quite significantly over the last sort of 10 years. And you can quite easily incorporate your business and move over from from your sole trader to a to a to a proprietary limited. We did within the first financial year.
1: Okay, and what sort of cost? I mean, is that something you can you can give us an idea?
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know there's there's plenty of these um, online platforms that allow you to incorporate your business for you know up to about I think eight hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. okay, and that'll get that'll get you a tier, you know a tax file number, the ACN. Um, uh, GST registration basically you, you won't have to talk to the tax office which is a really great thing <laughs> not to have to like go through that process that's really time consuming otherwise they'll just do it all for you and bang it can happen within within a day or two yeah okay um, right. this time of year is a really good time for it because there's you know if you start to incorporate mid cycle yeah they call it mid cycle so anytime you know, August, September, October, November December, January, February, March Yep. If your business is kind of doing those numbers where or you feel like, yeah, you know what, now's a good time to incorporate, it's much better to do it around this time because you won't have to file two lots of tax returns at the mm. end of the year. You know, you will you what you have to do when you go from a sole trader to a company is, you know, change your insurances, change your any intellectual property you have, your contracts, your employment, um, your employment contracts or your independent contractors agreements, supply agreements, et cetera etc and make sure you move everything over so doing it at an appropriate time mm,
1: certainly makes know, the process a, a whole lot easier
2: yeah and and also if if you're going to incorporate when your accountant says this t- it's time to incorporate i know i know it because i went through it it's like moving at christmas
1: right <laughs> okay
2: if you're doing the kind of numbers that your accountant will say yep this is the time to move over The business is really busy. If you're doing something like, you know, $500,000 turnover or, you know, $200,000 after tax or $180,000, these are the sort of figures that I sort of hear from time to time, and we can't provide any financial advice or commercial advice, just legal advice, but this is what I hear in the market. Yeah. But if you're going to need to incorporate sometime during the financial year, you're best to do it, you know, start of July. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So let's, just to recap then. So the first thing is, as businesses, we need to be clear where there may be some risks. I mean, for what reasons may it be beneficial for us to have a PTY business kind of in front of us, as opposed to being a sole trader. So that's the first thing we need to do. Um, Then, as you say, the actual cost to do this now is a lot less than it was. Um, So, you know, kind of under $1,000 to do. But also, you know, clearly we need to just consider some of the other benefits. So why don't we move on to those? so risk is risk is the uh, you know the kind of the first one we've covered. Um, where mm. should we go to next? What are the some of the other benefits for us to consider making this change?
2: Yeah just to close off on the risk <coughs> yeah. risk point though sure. if you've got some if you've got a lot of personal assets, um you might want you might want to actually distance yourself from those personal assets in business as well. so that's something that you really need to take into account as well.
1: Okay, can you explain that a little further for us? What do you mean so, exactly?
2: So if you set, set up a, a company, you're setting up a separate legal entity. So right. if it so that entity is and when if that entity is trading, um, that's the that's the entity that gets you know, sued, because they're the they're the contracting party, unless you've got personal directors guarantees, which banks will often ask for, for this very reason. Um, and some, you know, large companies.
1: Okay, so when you're but when so when you're talking about the assets again, let's just put this in um, into language that perhaps uh, someone who's been working by themselves, working from a home base, running a solo um, you know sole trader business for a number of years. When yep. you talk about putting your assets in there, can you break that down for us a little as well?
2: Yeah, so um, if you've got a house, car, equipment, office, etc. Um, you, you, you might want to actually distance yourself, you know, distance the business's exposure for those assets. So if the business was to be sued and you're a sole trader, then everything, everything's at risk. Okay. All of, all of your assets are at risk. But if you just have the business's assets, so office, you know, um, equipment and, um, cash at bank and this, that, and the other, then it's only that that's at risk plus the unpaid value of your shares, which in most businesses, you know, hundred bucks or something like that, if they have 100 at a hundred shares at $1 each. Okay.
1: Got you. All right. That's fine. Let's not, let's not, we won't mm. go further into that, but I think that sort of clarifies it. Okay. So we've talked about risk. What else, what other benefits should we be looking at?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I guess um, one of the, one of the things that I noticed was this sort of access to capital. That's one of the things that I, I didn't really sort of realize that until it became apparent to me personally, um i as a sole trader i couldn't even get a two thousand dollar extension on my credit card Mm. um i had a three thousand dollar credit card and was running the business on that um, which was really hard (laughs) when rent was when rent when rent rent was over three thousand dollars um so (laughs) i'd have to put money on the credit card um Mm. all the time just to be able to pay the rent and i couldn't even get a two thousand dollar credit card extension because of um, you because know, all, all all of these new sort of restrictions on the banks that came in after, to you know, 2008, right? Um, has kind of affected the rest of us, um, and, right. and 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 of course, as soon as I incorporated and asked for a credit card, I didn't even seek, I didn't even seek an amount. They just threw a thirty-five thousand dollar limit at me.
1: Right. Wow. Danger. Which, danger. Which,
2: which makes no sense, really, because it, the business and and I. Um, you know, at that time, you know, sole trader, sorry, yeah. sole trader to sole director and secretary, um, it just…
1: Right. So, yeah. is, nothing had changed other than your access to capital had dramatically changed.
2: A- absolutely. Mm. And it's just and it's just incredible that the bank just sort of sees you as soon as you're incorporated. Oh, we've got a serious business here. Um, we'll just um, give them a, a credit card that's appropriate. And obviously, they determine… You know what what credit card limit you know is appropriate for your business mm.
1: okay well, let's just on, we should just be clear to anyone listening that we're not suggesting that you incorporate so you can go and get a credit card with a massive credit limit <laughs> and then just go nuts you know you didn't get that advice from us but it's interesting that it does that but you the, don't need to
2: take out a, you know you, you wouldn't need to take out a, for instance a loan from a bank if you just needed you know some access to to more you know just sort of a, a greater capital limit or an overdraft if, if, is a good example mm. um you know and so being able to have that access to to certain capital and that's not just with this but also from in, from an investor point of view as well yeah if that's if that's ultimately where where you want to go okay another, so uh, mm.
1: sorry so access to capital another clear benefit um of of being a, a pty business so any more to say there or should we move on to your next tip
2: yeah yeah so the next one is um is is Basically, the credibility of a business is is actually um, does make a difference, especially for, for 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 all of us sort of sole sole owners, sole solopreneurs. Um, having a proprietary limited suddenly just sort of I've noticed sort of steps up the the people's perception and and people that you do business with their perception of you having a proprietary limited. Um, suddenly, they sort of they sort of take notice of this. A lot more than what you would than you'd think. Hmm. Can I
1: just challenge you on that? Who? Yeah, who, absolutely. Who who really pays attention to that? I mean, surely that depends a great deal in the kind of the circles in which you move and the and the nature of your work. I mean, I can imagine in your industry, particularly, yes, it would. But I guess there'd be again a number of our community listening who where they wouldn't necessarily expect anyone to pay much attention.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all that um, you know. For instance, registering for GST is another um, sort of thing. When people, some some businesses do make these sort of decisions, and when they're engaging with um, smaller outfits like us, um, you know, they'll 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 look at you and say, "Oh, these guys aren't even registered for GST." Hmm. Um, you know, how serious is this business? Um, and these are the these are the perceptions that I've heard, that I've heard yeah, um, okay. out, out there. It's a benefit. Uh, there's no all, all i'm saying is it's a benefit yeah okay. how, how much of a benefit you know is just anecdotal evidence yeah sure depends on the
1: nature you've got some nice noisy motorbikes down at the beach today i can hear <laughs> but yeah i guess so i guess what you're saying there again it, it 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 depends to an extent on the um the nature of your business who you're dealing with but i totally take your point in the same way as you said if you are registered for gst which is a slightly separate issue but again If you are, then that sends signals to certain people, certain businesses, certain industries that are different to somebody who's not yet at that threshold. So I think that's a fair point. Okay, so we've looked at um, access to capital, looked at risk, looked at credibility. Um, Where
2: to next? Um, I think another really good one is um, government grants. Um, And that's something that we didn't even realise. And for us, it was a great thing that I had an accountant tell us, to incorporate um, at that financial year, it ended up being a thirty-five thousand dollar conversation for us, hmm. because you can't get access to some of these government grants unless you are incorporated. the The R&D tax incentive is one of those that you actually have to be incorporated, um, otherwise you're not and be incorporated for the period that you are claiming the grant, to be able to, um, you know, to be able to claim it. And that that for us would have been reason alone to incorporate. Um, and if people are, are throwing a lot of money into development um, and, and you know the research and development of a, of a say for instance a tech startup or some tech component of of, of a new um, you know part of the business then that access to um, you know um, you know 40 45 cents in the dollar mm. cash back at the end of the financial year I mean we're going to get that you know um, the same thing again this year and for however long we keep developing, um, you know, legal shield and law in a box, which we've got the government grant for. Mm. Um, um, and and I know that you know a lot of people have come unstuck when they've started investing all this money in, and then realize, oh gosh, we actually need to incorporate when they finally talk to a a grant specialist and they say, are you incorporated or not? And they say no, and they say, well, you need to incorporate right now, otherwise you won't get all that. the all the money you spend. It's just it. Yeah. Okay. You're not you're not going to get this um, cash back at the end of the financial year. So that's that that's a really that's a really important um thing to consider perpetuity is another one too they 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 often talk about this um if you're looking at succession planning in a business um you know as stated before if you've got the you and your business as separate legal entities if something were to happen to you for for any reason then the business would still survive if it's a separate legal entity so my company progressive legal propriety limited would, would continue um, if anything were to happen to me or if I wanted to um, you know um, pass that to someone else or yeah. sell the business, etc.
1: Okay. Um, good point. Just going back to that mm-hmm. the government grants one, so again, perhaps um, approaching this from a slightly different angle, what we could be doing, and I'm thinking of, of people listening who may well be in a business where they are indeed intending to put um, a lot of focus onto R&D, you know, research and development, are perhaps moving into the tech space, then, again, a way to approach that is to have a look at what's available in terms of grants. And then you might say, okay, well, if I want to go after that one, then yes, I do definitely, as Ian said, need to be incorporated. So I think the, you know, my sort of take out from a lot of what you're saying is that what we need to do increasingly as a business owner is this kind of stepping back from what we're doing and going okay what's the risk do i need capital is it important to me in terms of credibility could i qualify for some grants you know all these are if you like kind of contributory factors um to making that decision or understanding the decision that you might be about to make you know with moving from sole trader to um pty limited and then this is a conversation that we can then take to our accountant and go, OK, I've determined that this, this and this are important to me, you know, give me your input from the money side of it. It's all, use, you know, really useful kind of decision process for us, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And having that conversation with, with your accountant and, and your lawyer and then weighing both of those pieces of advice up and saying, OK, yep, I'm going to go. You know, they, and, you, and you might say, look, I'm willing to take the risk for this financial year and, If the numbers do well um because there are a little bit more expenses in terms of running costs and company returns but for for us it was a no-brainer because i think Mm -hmm. getting getting the other thing is as well is all your software has to change so if you're operating for instance on zero then you need a new zero account so if you're going to be sort of incorporating mid-cycle then you've got Two accounts running at the same time that need to be reconciled—it just gets really messy.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, so that's back to the timing sort of issue of this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah absol- absolutely. Mm. Um, absolutely. And, and and you know we even found we missed stuff when we incorporated because um, you know you know we were we were so busy in the business um, we actually missed doing some of the steps that we need, need we needed to when we incorporated and if I had my time over again. I would have incorporated right from the start
1: okay interesting all right well look ian thank you so much for sharing that that's a good kind of uh intro to this whole topic and hopefully i'm sure it's given a number of our of our listeners things to be thinking about if someone wants to talk to you find out more about you and the work that you do where's the best place for us to head
2: yeah if you want to um have a chat with me we, you know we offer complimentary um strategy sessions um Yeah, for free. Um, So we're more than happy to to go through your business, give you some practical advice or answer any questions that you might have. Um, If you want to just head to the website, progressivelegal.com.au or even um, call me on my mobile, I'm more than happy to give that out as well. Okay. Well look let's
1: let's direct people to your to your site and we can find, I know your phone number is quite uh, prominent on there or quite findable yeah. on there yeah. so look Ian thank you so much for uh, spending your time with us we must we'll we'll get you back again I'm sure and uh, and finally before I go please don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business we get you at flying solo flying solo premium membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99 Head to our join page to learn more. Ian, thank you so much for joining
2: us. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, we've, had, we've got a lot out of our Flying Solo membership, so it's been fantastic for us. And I hope it's been a practical conversation today. Um, we, you know, um, If you need any, any assistance whatsoever, we, we're here to help. Great stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks, Robert.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes.